I'm sorry about your Evernote troubles, Martin. It's hard. It's a hard knock life. Though I do want to give a shout out to whoever it was on Twitter that told me about the simplify formatting button because I didn't know about it on the iPad. I think I was complaining about how the iPad couldn't do um, paste without formatting, which is still very unfortunate. Um, And I really wish it was a thing. Wait, it couldn't do what? What's it can't do paste without formatting. Oh, paste. I thought you yeah. said pace. Oh, like, no, paste. Like I'm going at a fast pace, yeah. and then I, I just didn't understand. Nah, uh, paste, that which I sense. use all the time. And weirdly, like, I, w- I was doing some of uh, my daily writing yesterday, and then I looked at it on my desktop, and even though I had written everything on the iPad, there were bullet points that were at a smaller font size than other bullet points. So I don't know what's going on. Mm, Evernote. There's, there's some shenanigans going on. A little bit of shenanigans. You know, but again, I can't complain that much because I'm the weirdo who wants to use Windows 10, Mac OS, and iOS on a daily basis. Yeah. So I just have to deal with some uh, inconsistencies yep. in the pension funds and other things. Yeah, just wait till you have to deal with <laughs> line break discrepancies and coding stuff. Um, then it gets real fun. And capitalization. That's true. So last week, for those of you who listened to last week's episode, which you should go do because it was dope, uh, we talked about how we were going to do nothing special for episode 200, and that is still true. Oh, no, that's we're not, not true, Tom. We're I not think doing it's, anything. It's already special. It's true. It is special. Look at it's It's based on a base 10 numeric system. We have hit some sort of arbitrary milestone with a, no, a couple no, of zeros just, in it. We're just two friends having a conversation. Making a living on the internet. That's yeah. pretty special. That is true. It is pretty special. I do I do want to appreciate that. But, and this is a big but, um, we are not doing anything special for 200 because one of our little productivity hacks, as you may be able to tell if you can see that I'm wearing the same shirt, is that we sometimes batch episodes. Yeah. So we're doing this episode right after the previous one because it is efficient and it gives us time to get things to the editors and such. But uh, we, in between recording the last episode and this one, we got all excited and we're going to make a bunch of changes to the set and the format of the show for episode 201, which really is the start of the new batch yeah, of 100. It's, new, it's the new season. It's, it's season 201 to 300. Three. It is, a, yeah, season three. Uh, and it's going to be different than the season one to two changeover because that was more like you coming on the show and then we well, added yeah, video. Yeah, like, and there's going to be a plot twist in season three. Oh, yeah? It's going to be great. <laughs> Turns out that you were a woman. Yeah, the whole, <laughs> the whole time. But yeah, I'm pretty excited. We're going to change some stuff up. And um, all, all the stuff we talked about in episode 199 still applies, but I think you're going to see a better quality show coming in the future. And I think batching will actually help us do that. Because a lot of times, like in the past, we've just been scrambling every single week to record. Well, we can't. You know? We're scrambling. I'm like finishing my notes for the show <laughs> seconds before we go on, and I'm just like, it's easy to justify. You know, it's one of those procrastinating things I think, and that yeah. that happens a lot where you're like, yeah, well, I'm just gonna I'll record better if I finish it all right. Then it's right in my head. You don't. I'll record better if I prepare the notes and stop giving myself a clever justification for procrastination. Yep. that's that's a tough one. You can I could justify anything. Yeah. Like, so I, I got to be careful devil's advocating myself. I think uh, time pressure created by deadlines can increase your productivity in certain ways. But 
increasing your ability to discuss a detailed topic for which you that you hastily wrote notes for. Yeah, not that doesn't, one of those it's, things. It doesn't make sense. Like it may be able to. I don't know. Like if a bear is chasing you, you're gonna run faster. Well, I could. I could do a great podcast after a bear attack. That is true. Just, There's a story there. Tell me about how you survive this bear attack. Well, I actually fight bears man, twice live, a month. We live in Colorado. I gotta watch out. We live in Colorado. They're around bears here. Every day. They're everywhere. That's true. There's, I think there's a bear. There's a bear in the living room right there. They're, they're in the parking lot. They just. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's actually a web comic called Bear Mageddon. Yeah. And it's made by the oh, guy. That's interesting because Armageddon is still spelled out. Anyway. Yeah. It's made by the guy who made Axe Cop. Nice. So it's so it's, it's good. pretty wonderful. And it's been going for several years now. So it's it's one of those web comics where where I found it. It was just getting off the ground, so I was really frustrated to have to wait a week for every page. Hmm. But now I'm telling people about it several years later. So I don't know if it's done, but there's a lot of it. And you can go binge the Bear Mageddon to your heart's content. But in this week's episode, we are going to talk about how to plan out your year. And what my notes ended up being for this uh, were a more general discussion on planning in general. Yeah. Uh, and I'm guessing maybe yours did too. That's sort of what mine's, you know, it's got a little bit of notes about in planning things that have failed for me in the past and why what I'm doing now is succeeding as opposed to that. And just, mm-hmm. you know, just, it's kind of just how to plan out your goals and your time. Yeah, exactly. And I want to start with you actually, because you just said that <coughs> what you're doing now is succeeding. So oh, that what is are true. you doing and how that does it differ? So um, the backstory for this is that for the last several years, I have had a lot of problems getting anything of my personal goals done Mm -hmm. felt really bad about it felt like i felt like i couldn't even tell people that i could that i had any language skills because then i'd be so like ashamed of how rusty my french had gotten i put a lot of my identity into that and that was maybe unnecessary yeah but like i felt bad because i would have all these goals like i'm gonna study japanese i'm gonna do french i'm gonna do all this stuff and i'm gonna i'm gonna get it all back you know, because I, I got injured and then I had to give up a lot of the stuff I had done in college that I was proud of. But I couldn't get it back, no matter what happened. And the reason is, I wanted it all back at once, and that, that doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense. And I tried input goals and output goals, and they didn't work either. So, But now what I'm doing is a combination of the two that is weirdly working. Okay. So, basically, I pick a goal, one goal, out of my goals. I pick one um, the first goal was doing Japanese Duolingo. Nothing but that. I'm ignoring French and Spanish. They're not required in the slightest. Okay. Neither is anything else. And then I say, I do this for 30 minutes a day until I've reached this end point that I very specifically set out, finishing Japanese Duolingo. And, and, and the end point is relatively short term. It's not a years-long end point. I know I can do it in right. in a little bit, so it's not overwhelming. And then once I do that, I get to excitedly pick my next project and I say, "Oh, I'm going to do I'm going to do Spanish and French Duolingo review just because that will be quicker for me and because I want to get them to be less rusty." Okay. And then I did that. And then I went through Textfugu. So I've done so much since January 1st of this year that I have outpaced my last like 3 years of productivity just in 1 month. And the thing is, I've predicted everything so wrong cuz I thought the French Duolingo would take me months and then I did it in 2 hours the next morning. Two hours? Yes. I thought you did it in two days. Two hours. Two okay. hours. Well, I have my clocks disabled, so I accidentally oh, okay. thought that I hadn't been there that long, and two hours passed. Okay. But the reason this is different than before is because before I've tried 
I'm going to set this goal. I'm going to do this this month. But I don't yeah. know that I can do that in a month. Often I would set goals that simply couldn't be done reasonably in a month. Right. Then I would feel bad and I would fail the goal. Or I would be like, here's a daily habit, slow and steady. I'll do a little bit of Spanish every day. But then I'm like, but when do I do Japanese or French? I can't do a little bit of all of them every day. And I can't do a little bit of all of them and cooking every day. I, there's so much time. I'm an adult. Right, yeah. I have a job, cooking, cleaning, relationship, friends, Monster Hunter. It's very important. It's very important to play Monster Hunter. So basically, the reason that this year so far is more productive than the last several for me on a, on a personal level is because I pick an input-based goal in the form of the 30 minutes a day. Right. And I isolate it, so I'm focusing on one goal at a time because that's all I have time for reasonably. Yeah. And then I have the output. There's an end point. It's not a forever habit. So since January 1st, are you saying that you actually haven't been spending any time at all studying French and Spanish? Only during the times when I was... Uh, like, I finished the Japanese one um, pretty early on, and okay. then I did Spanish and French Duolingo just because yeah. I, I could test through, like, 80% of both of those. And then I just wanted to get them all finished just so I could be right. like, ha. I, but this was all after the Japanese goal was mm -hmm. finished. Okay, so yes. you're no longer doing the so, thing where it's like... 30 minutes to Japanese, 30 minutes to Spanish. No, because the thing French. is, I can't reliably have that much time every day. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just busy, and sometimes I'm busy for days in a row. Yeah, And I think a lot of the reason that it's doing working better for me is that this is an honest and realistic expectation based mm -hmm. on the time I have. It's frustrating to be... Like in college, I had summer break to look forward to. Yeah. Or winter vacation, right? And I could, I got like two EPs. I got all the achievements in Skyrim over the summer. And I was like, I could do everything because I have a whole summer to dedicate to these projects. I can't ever have that again. Yeah, that's kind of the tough thing about like running a successful business is there's almost like these golden handcuffs and also these obligations to the people that follow you, you know, that, that kind of kill that opportunity for three months of just exploration it's just like, time. I think once you get into like the working life, yeah, you don't get that. So once I, once I was like, I don't realistically have that time anymore. I don't know how much I can accomplish in a year. I have a busy life. I don't know how yeah. much I can accomplish in a month, but I do know that if I take this little piece every day and I have an, I have an end point that I know I can achieve, mm -hmm. I will at some point get to it and it will take as long as it takes and yeah. I'm bad at predicting that. Yeah, it's really tough to predict it. So you know what would be really nice if we could somehow build into the work schedule someday? Um, my friend Sean McCabe, at least in the past, did this thing where every seven weeks there would be a week-long sabbatical, as he called it, mm. and he would either travel somewhere or he'd spend that week focusing on making music. So it was basically like seven weeks on, eight weeks off. And... We have a lot of actual freedom in this job. It's just that I think because of the way that scarcity of time works and that time pressure works, we are always butting up against the next deadline. And then any time that there's a lull, we end up taking on a new project. Yeah. And I've, I've, I can almost feel myself uh, doing this too much this year. Like I... I get the feeling that I am taking on too much, and there's still this part of me that's like, no, Tom, you can do it as long as you're efficient, but I'm getting a little worried that I am taking on a bit much. So I'm having to be very efficient with my time. And 
going forward, it would be really cool if we could somehow build a schedule where it was like, all right, we have seven weeks planned out. And within those seven weeks, we need to accomplish eight weeks worth of work. Yeah. Because then there would be an exploration week. Because I got to tell you, I, I kind of miss that. I miss having a summer where I had time to just dink around on my computer. Oh, I want to learn Node.js this week. Okay, I'm going to learn it. I really want to learn how to build a streaming computer. I'm going to learn that. It's, you know, it's awesome. It is a lot harder now because we just tend to put these professional deadlines on our plates. Yeah. And we just fill up all available time with, with things that seem to, to correlate directly to income or directly to money. And then there's like half an hour a day to do a, a, you know, an interesting pursuit just for professional reasons. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the reason it works is because I'm being honest with myself about how much time I can basically guarantee I have every day mm -hmm. because I can't guarantee much more than that. Yeah. I really can't. I'm yeah. I find it hard to do that or have your professional life also do the independent learning projects or whatever. And then also cook and work out. And yeah, I'm not going to starve my myself house. so that it's I can get tough. more of my goal done. That defeats the purpose. Yeah. If I'm dead, I can't speak very many languages, can I? Mm -hmm. And that's been a tough thing recently. So, if, like, Anna, it's basically, like, job, independent project, maintain your life well, pick two. And recently for me, it has been job and maintain my life well. I've been working out. I've been exercising. I've been cooking most nights. I've been cleaning the house and everything. And I've been doing my job there's not a whole lot of time left over for even like reading books. I think that's why audible works so well for me. It's cause I can go to the gym, play basketball, yeah, you can overlap and do a book. Uh, Anna's got her art that she's working on. She's selling art at uh, anime conventions and video game conventions. And um, she's got her job, which also includes an hour and a half of commuting. So she doesn't have time for the life balance stuff. And I can pick up the slack for some of those things, but I can't pick up the slack for things like, making sure to work out a couple times a week. So it just gets really hard. Yeah. And I would love to figure out some way to effectively build in a sabbatical into my schedule somehow. I think that that should be like my plan going forward. And maybe that's, maybe that's actually like the, the thing I should aspire to do is like plan my year out in eight week increments or maybe three month increments where there's a one or two week break at the end of the three month you know, it could be like a quarter thing. Yeah, I think I think quarterly, like seasonal stuff makes sense. Mm -hmm. Also, because when you plan something in a short term like that, I think you, it's hard to estimate time, and you probably yeah. still won't be perfect, but it'll be easier to estimate what you can do. I think yeah. you're – well, actually, I think if it's too short of a time period, you'll probably overestimate what you can do. And if it's mm -hmm. too long of a time period, you'll probably underestimate what you can do in a year and overestimate what you can do this week. Yes. I think that is very insightful there. You will underestimate what you could do in a year if you're trying to plan out on a full year's time scale. And at least in my case, I always overestimate. No. Yes, I always overestimate what I can do in a week. Every time. Yeah. If I go back through three years of notebooks with my week plan, there's always uncrossed off things every time. And I guarantee you there will be uncrossed off things this week. Because yesterday... I had the intent to find typos in the audiobook. I had the intent to um, record two audiobook chapters. And I was going to finish a cut on a video. I was going to clear my inbox. I was going to fix Asana. I was going to do all these things. And in the workday, because you and I had the meeting with Ransom that we do every Monday, 
actually all I got done was like a few emails and the typos in the book. It takes time. Like yeah. that, that's the time the estimation tough thing. is such a We're so bad at it. I know. Time is like the resource that you feel you have the most of, but it's actually the most limited, I think. Well, and you can't predict like even if like so the the, the reason I like that such a small amount of time for my daily goal is because it's consistent even if I'm not feeling well, mm-hmm. even if I'm in a bad mood, even if I'm really busy, even if I'm on vacation, I can find 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. But if I want, otherwise I'll take a break on vacation on purpose. But like maybe that day I did two hours of French because I didn't notice time was passing. Sure, apparently I had two hours. Who knew? Mm-hmm. But I don't have that every day. You, When you're energetic and excited, you kind of feel like you might be energetic and excited for good this yeah. time. This is the time I'm finally awake and alive. Yeah. But that it's just a feeling, and it will go away. So you have to plan for the times you're not feeling like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so one thing I want to mention before we get into this whole, um, you know, time periods idea here is one thing that I've been doing recently is I've been trying to set my home up for being able to get in a little bit if I can't say go to the gym or if I can't go play basketball for a certain day or I can't get off to my favorite coffee shop to do some writing there. So I'm trying to keep the kitchen table clean so I can do my writing there if I need to. And I bought a door frame pull-up bar and a bunch of people saw this on my Instagram stories. Um, I bought some dumbbells and I bought a balance trainer. So here, along with the yoga mat that I've always had, I can do my stretches and yoga routine and at least some exercise that's meaningful while I'm here if I can't make it to the gym. So today was a great example. We had scheduled to record at 9 a.m. That is not enough time for me to do a full morning routine. Yeah. Which for me at this point is, you know, right for a full Pomodoro, which usually ends up being more than 25 minutes and go to the gym and come back. And I've, I've learned that unfortunately it takes like a full half an hour to shower and get dressed and everything for me. I used to think that it would take 10 minutes. It doesn't. No. And I often don't budget the time it takes me to walk to the coffee shop, which is actually like a good 10 minutes. So there's just, I don't know. Time keeps on slipping. That's what it is. Yep. All right. So let's talk about some ways that you can divide up your year or maybe some just different time-based contexts for planning. We said that a year isn't very useful because you tend to underestimate what you're going to do. Uh, and I mean, we have a great example of this. I think like three years in a row we've said, or at least I've said, I'm going to build and launch a course this year and then didn't do it because we didn't create the proper time pressure. But then like many other things happened that I never anticipated. Yeah. Like we get a lot done. (laughs) Yeah. But it's also hard to imagine. What am I in a year? I have no idea. I don't know what I I want in a year. Next year, like December. I have no idea. I I don't, very different life position at that point probably. And I feel like this is a little contrary to the idea here, but I feel like I have a lot of my year planned out, but I believe that that is because I'm doing a lot of projects with other people or that have other people involved. So they'll be kind of setting the schedule. Uh, Like I'm working on a collaborative project with somebody and they're like, I can't do this until November or we can't like, we can't finish it until November. Okay. Obviously I can't really, you know, accelerate the schedule that much unless I take on all the work. So that's kind of planned out. But just because I know likely what's going to happen throughout the year doesn't mean that I should be doing my my very deliberate plan based on the year-long time scale. Because as you said, it is just like you have a loose plan. You know yeah. kind of what's going on, but you're not planning yeah. out. Okay, on November 2nd, 
I'm going to do this part of the course right. or whatever. It does. It wouldn't make yeah. any sense. I know that I will launch a course this year. i um, got a couple of uh, collaborative projects I'm doing, and I will go to most likely VidCon, most likely a couple of other conferences. Like I've kind of got like a few events planned out. But what I think is more useful is for a personal development standpoint to do something like a 90-day uh, year, you could call it. And actually, so I put like the 90-day year was the original title for this episode. And then apparently there's this guy who like wrote yeah, a it's book like a, it's like a business or something. kind of thing he did. Yeah. I don't know. You can always monetize cool productivity concepts, can't you? I'm going to do the 89-day the <laughs> one. It's actually <laughs> faster. True. Yeah. 89-day year, you're going to get just as much done in 24 hours fewer. Done. That's an efficiency gain of some percentage yeah. that I can't do in my head right now. But the idea behind this is instead of trying to block out your entire year and ask yourself, what will I accomplish this year, which is what many people do with New Year's resolutions, ask yourself, what can I get done in the next three months? And this is a nice little sweet spot because a month is often not enough time to do something really substantial. Yeah. I probably can't build and launch an amazing course in a month with everything else I'm doing, but I think I could do it in three months, you know? Um and then uh, just keep having little check-ins every single week. How am I doing? Because you basically have like 12 little data points at that point. And I think that's, was the uh, was the pick four notebooks we did, was that 12 weeks? Or was that six I weeks? I think it was 12 weeks. It was either six or 12. I think it, I think it was a three-month period. And you know what? Yeah. I liked those, even though I probably crammed too many things into my schedule anyway. Well, that's because we we picked for plus school and homework and clubs. I and I ignored the I ignored the realities of my daily life, which yeah. is like. All right, so I and because I mentioned pick four, I have to explain it and put the uh, disclaimer on it. So pick four was this notebook you could buy, and I don't remember who made it, but it's based on this idea that Zig Zig Ziglar put out, which is to uh, practice something you want to do every day, write down what you do and keep a journal of it for in this case, 12 weeks. And I don't know, 2012, I think it was, is when we had these. You're a Krispy Kreme. Yeah. You're a Krispy Kreme 2012. Uh, we did this. We had each of us a pick four notebook with four goals and we would write down what we did every single day. I think mine were like study Japanese, work on coding an iPhone app, exercise. And then I don't remember what my fourth one was. I think you were smarter because one of your your fourth one was have fun. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, it's because I noticed I overworked myself all the time. Yep, life's short. Don't do it. So this was pretty cool. Uh, I do have to note that the pick four notebooks went out of print several years ago, so you can no longer buy them. But honestly, you could make your own so easily. Like just go buy a journal, and then every day's every page is one day. So if you want to yeah, have two goals you're working on, or one in your case, you're yeah, I'm, I'm doing, doing I'm doing a pick one. Yeah, and th that's that's uh, tailored to your time, right? You've got yeah, yeah, because I know a I'm small this busy. Time. You know, if somebody else has enough time to put half an hour into Japanese study per day and do something else, all right, buy a little paper journal and draw a line through each page, so that way you have two little sections per page, and then that's your you know every day write what you studied in Japanese and write what you did in the other goal, and over time, you're going to start to see this progress. Plus, and the whole idea of pick four is if you don't do anything on a day, you have to put a big old, I did nothing on that day's sheet. Yeah. So it's kind of uh, using that principle of don't break the streak to keep you going over time. Because the tough thing is you start any goal with a lot of motivation, 
but eventually the realities of everyday life get in the way and your motivation wanes and then you eventually give up on it. That's why every gym in the world is packed on January 1st and then dead in February, which is why I tend to not go to the gym in January. Yeah. <laughs> Too many people Probably curling in the squat idea. rack. Yeah. Um, so actually, I'm going to turn the camera off real quick because we're still using this dumb camera. So we'll take a break and then I'm going to talk about my Courses. reading challenge in just a couple of seconds. This week's episode of our podcast is sponsored by Brilliant. Brilliant is math and science enrichment learning. What that means is they provide a platform for learning math, science, and also computer science in a very active and challenging way. And the way they structure their courses, which I'll talk about in a second here, um, is that they throw you directly into challenges and problems you have to solve immediately, which provides a much more effective way of learning, and you're going to get up to speed on the subject that you have chosen much faster. In lecture-based uh, courses, you often start with a lot of intro material. You're learning a lot pa more passively. A lot of times you have to go and introduce yourself to the class, and it takes a while to really get into the meat of the subject and start doing the things that you're really interested in doing. By contrast with Brilliant, if you go into, say, their probability course, you're going to be solving probability problems and challenges right away. And the great thing is they kind of throw you to the sharks right away, but if you get an answer wrong, they'll tell you exactly why you got it wrong. They'll show you the right answer after you've done it. And then you can also go into their very detailed wiki to increase and deepen your understanding of all the concepts that you're learning about. So when you go on to Brilliant, you're going to find courses in math, things like calculus, probability. You'll find courses on sciences, so the classical mechanics, astronomy, gravitational physics, all that kind of cool stuff, and computer science courses ranging from the basics and the fundamentals like um, algorithms and sorting and things like that to machine learning and the basics of hardware. And you'll learn how actually um, the memory and the RAM in your computers work. So if you want to start learning more effectively, you want to start learning about computer science, about math, about science topics, definitely give Brilliant a try by going over to brilliant.org slash collegeinfogeek. When you go to that URL, you can start learning for free today. And the first 83 people who sign up with that URL will also get 20% off of their annual subscription. Big thanks to Brilliant for sponsoring this episode and being a huge supporter of College Info Geek. And let's get back into the show. And we're back. And I just realized that was turned away the whole time. Yep. We got to restart the episode. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I messed up. So a great example of doing this three-month challenge period was this reading challenge I did back in 2016. So I had not read books for quite a while before this. And I told myself, I want to read more often because my friend Matt and my other friend Ben are talking about all these books they've read. And I'm sitting over here feeling pretty guilty. So I bet you 100 bucks that I would read 25 pages a day and I built a spreadsheet of it, and I have kept that spreadsheet live on my site, so it'll be in the show notes. It's also at collegeinfogeek.com slash 25 pages, and I just recorded which book I was reading every day for three months, and because I had 100 bucks on the line, I read 25 pages a day for three months, and looking back on that challenge, I think three months was a very good time period to select. If I had said, I'm going to read 25 pages every day for a year, I think I would have gone crazy. Yeah. Because it, it was time consuming. There were days where the book I had picked was complex. And unfortunately, the 25 page goal didn't really respect the fact that like one book may have twice the amount of text on a page than another one. Yeah, or, or it's one a book really convoluted story. Yeah. Like I read um, 
Good Calories, Bad Calories by Gary Tobbs. That was a ridiculously in-depth scientific uh, slog of a read. And doing 25 pages took more than an hour per day on that one. Whereas when I did The Cuckoo's Egg, which is one of my favorite books ever now, I just zoomed through that one. Yeah, I, and I was reading feel like 100 bad. pages a day on that one. I feel bad about how slowly I read some books. And I'm just like, <laughs> no, it's because David Mitchell books are confusing. Yeah. I just... It's the 25-page thing doesn't respect that not all pages are written equally. Hashtag not all pages. But yeah. I did do 25 pages a day, and I ended up reading, I think, 13 books over that three-month period. And three months was very good because it was very challenging, especially in that last month. I was like, oh, I don't want to read these 25 pages, but I'm going to do it. So it wasn't just like, oh, I just did a month, whatever. It was just a month. But it wasn't a full year, and I had the ability to move on to the next thing. I think a year is tough. Well, I think that's really important because, like, a lot of the times in the past, like I was saying, I'd try, okay, well, obviously a daily habit of some form will help. Mm -hmm. But then I have so many things, and if it's just daily habit, well, when does that stop? If there's no end point, whether it's when I finish this particular end point yep. or in three months, there, if there's no end point, then it starts to feel like, oh, God, this is the rest of my life. Yep. This is the rest of my life. This can't be true. I, what if I wanted to do something else? What if I wanted to get into something else? I can't. I've already promised the rest of my life. Yep. <laughs> like, and then, then I just give up without having really accomplished much yet because I'm freaked out about how long I'm going to be stuck doing this. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, 90 days, three months, that's pretty good because I think it's pretty realistic to assume you could accomplish four significant things in a year mm -hmm. if you really focused on them. Yeah, That'd be really cool. You'd be able to look back on the year and say, like, I did four really, really cool yeah, this things. Was, yours was the season of reading, it turns out. And that, you yeah, read that, you read quite a lot, right? It was, yeah, it was 13 books. Yeah, that's a lot. 3,000 pages or more so. More than I've probably read in the last three months, and I love reading. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool goal. So um, let's talk about how to track your progress on these things. So obviously I did a spreadsheet where I just did my entry every day. You could do a journal because you can't buy pick four anymore. Um, how do you track things? I have, um, so for, for this little stint where I've been doing the input plus output base goals, mm -hmm. I've got an iCloud note that okay. marks the date that I started and then the date that I finished and what I'm doing. So it's like Duolingo, and then it's like Spanish and French, revive everything in Duolingo, and then it's like go through text Fugu. And then, so I get a look back at each little period and say, look at what I just accomplished because I okay. often forget what I've done or how long stuff has taken. Yeah. Time melds together in my head. Yesterday might as well be last week and vice versa. There, I remember them happening. I have the memories. Yep. I just couldn't put them on a calendar. So I've been keeping a little note to mark what I have done, and then I keep track on a daily basis using Momentum. Okay. Which is an iPhone app for anybody who doesn't yeah, know. Yeah, and Habit Bull would do something similar. Mm -hmm. Or like literally anything. Or a calendar where you just mark every day you do something or put a cool Pokemon sticker on it. Like, you should do that one. Like the Momentum thing, it's not that complicated of an app. I just like it. Well, it's nice because it also has the uh, widget view. Too. Yeah, that's why I like it. It's because so it's got that really convenient that. grid of everything. Mm -hmm. do you, is, in iOS 11, do you still swipe to the left to do it? I, I don't think, use any think, widgets anymore, so um, I think you do. You yes. don't pull down anymore, right? Well, I mean, you swipe your thumb to the right, and the screen comes in from the left. Oh, that's right. Oh, yep, yeah, there it is. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's like it's like that. Okay. I am not using any widget-based habit things right now, though. Well, I mean, you know, in time, I may switch to something else, as I often do. Yeah. But 
being able to not overestimate what I accomplish and not underestimate what I can accomplish is important. It, time estimation is a skill you'll probably be building until the day that you have no more time to estimate. It's yeah, very it's difficult. <laughs> it is very difficult. I am actually using Habitica again. I love Habitica. So, like yep. in theory, that's my favorite one. It is my favorite one. It just it, breaks it's not, me. Yeah, it makes. I know it makes you. I like video games too much. I like trying <laughs> to be completionist, and then I ruin it by putting fifteen thousand habits in there to get all the points. I I break yeah. its point. That's my fault. Weirdly, I I love Habitica, but I'm not doing any of the RPG stuff. I want every bit of the armor. I'm not buying gear. I'm not buying mounts. I'm literally just open the app and I check things off. It, it's a great app, though. Um, I do like that you can party up with people and then like your success is their success, your failures are their failures. That's a your very accountability partners. Thing. Yeah. And you're like, hey, why did you just cost me health? Exactly. Do yeah. your habits. So I'm trying to get Anna to start using it again and be in my party. Yeah. So we can each like do our goals together. So we have a three month time period. Um, I think there's also like there's usefulness in looking ahead to more recent milestones. So like the month ahead. Maybe the month is too small of a time period for like a big goal, but we often look a month ahead for things like we want to get this many podcasts done. Here are the topics we're going to select. Um, and I'm trying really hard to do this for videos as well. So I have selected the next four video topics, whereas in the past it was always very fly by the seat of my pants. I just, what's the video topic? Uh, I'm going to go with this. And then I would frantically research it. Yeah. So now I'm trying to you know plan on a month ahead. That way I have the ability to efficiently group or batch my time. So I can say, all right, I know what my next four videos are. Today I'm going to research all of them. Or I'm going to brainstorm all of them. Yeah, well, and I, and do, I, I yeah. think that works better because you can predict how long that stuff will take better mm -hmm. than perhaps a, a weird personal goal you've never done before. And I think a month ahead is very good for looking forward to things that you have to do. So... When do I need to, um, you know, apply for a certain scholarship? When do I need to take this check to the bank? When do I need to apply for an apartment? If you every single month look a month ahead, nothing is ever going to catch you off guard. And I think three months ahead, if you're looking at admin tasks that are coming up in three months, you, it's just, you probably won't care. You're not going to care. You know? and, and Or it will overwhelm you because you do care. Yeah. If you do care, you'll be like, oh, God, look at all this stuff I have to do in two months. Why are you thinking about that, bro? It's not it's not due yet. Stop it. Yeah. So a month is just good to like look look at what's coming ahead and kind of just like prime your brain for it. So yeah, a month for like requirements then. Yep. Uh, and then like if, if you're like us, you know, we're content creators. So we have a very specific need to plan out what's going to happen for a month. There's a very big benefit to that. Yeah. For a student, maybe there's something like that too. If you plan exams, uh, yeah, homework, like, oh, this, this big paper's due. So Actually, I need to yeah. start it now. So a month ahead is perfect for things like that. Not very useful to look three months ahead and say, I have a final. I should start studying for the final three months That's in advance. That's just going to encourage you to procrastinate on it. it yeah. It doesn't. <laughs> month ahead is great because you can say, okay, I've got my calculus final in a month from now. Three weeks from now, I'm going to start studying. I'm going to start building that scheduled timetable of when I'll study, how I'm going to mix that in with due dates for homework and projects. And, you know, I'm good to go. Yeah. And we have a whole video on that, how to build a final study schedule. So we'll put that in the show notes as well. And then we have things like week and day. So these are also very important as well. And I think these, these are the ones you're going to spend the most time in. So like your, your three-month goals, your month ahead, even your year, that's going to be like 
very rare do you sit down and really plan that out. But week and daily, I just accidentally clicked a link. Um, that happens once a week or once a day. So for me, week plans typically happen on Sundays or sometimes Monday mornings before our meeting. I'll get out a sheet of notebook paper in my notebook. I'll just write all the events and all the tasks that are coming up for that week. I'll look at the previous week plan, see what I didn't accomplish, move things that are important to the next week, and then reschedule things that are unimportant and look at my calendar. Basically just familiarize myself with the week ahead and then try to mentally sort of parcel out the days. And then on a daily basis, I'll wake up and think, all right, I'm gonna look at that week plan. I'm gonna make a separate daily plan somewhere. Right now I'm doing it in Todoist just because it works for me. Um, and that just helps keep things from overwhelming me, Yeah, I guess. I don't wanna look at that week plan every single day. It's too much on it. No, you really shouldn't. That would also probably defeat the point because yeah. you'd be thinking about tomorrow's work. You mm -hmm. shouldn't be thinking about tomorrow's work if you're supposed to be doing today's right now. You can think about it before or after that maybe. Yeah, exactly. But you get caught up planning too much and then none of the plans matter. Mm-hmm. All right, so I wanna ask you about some longer term stuff. Um, how do you answer the question, where do you see yourself in five years? No idea. <laughs> Not a clue. Five years ago, I was a very different person in a very different life. I've yeah. gone through a lot of different things, and I can only imagine, so far, based on my life so far, I do think that trend will continue and that things yes. will happen in the next five years. <laughs> I just predict things will happen. I don't know what things. I have no idea what I'll want. Yeah. That's kind of helpful for me as well to think that way. I, I don't like trying to imagine like exactly where I'll be in five years. It just doesn't work because I tend to get new interests and I tend to take on new projects. And well, they, I don't know if I, if I want to. Yeah. Because then I'm I'm closing off pathways that maybe me five years from now is inspired by something. But I, you know, I planned that five years from now too strictly. So now, too bad, future Martin. I don't really care what you're into. Mm -hmm. Do what I say. And you shouldn't be beholden to your past self to that degree. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. So uh, this question reminds me of something that I had on my impossible list. And I think it's still there, which was, quote unquote, retire Mr. Money Mustache style by age 40, meaning have enough in the bank or in stocks and mutual funds to be able to live off of the 4% rule. So basically like oh, you can yeah. you can basically, um, as we talked about in the investing episode, you can expect your returns to be 5% in the market at least. So you could take 4% and live off that from your portfolio and your portfolio would still grow, albeit slowly, but last forever. So I kind of like set that goal by 40. I want to be able to do that. And I'm, I don't I just care so much less about that goal now. I care less about like wanting to be able to quote unquote retire at a certain age. It just seems silly to like place that on a certain age to me now. And I remember I was listening to a Gary Vaynerchuk podcast and he had a question from somebody saying, you know, I want to be financially independent by the time I'm 30. How do I do that? And his answer was the first thing you should do is not put a number at a certain age of your life because that's a good way to limit yourself even if it is a very ambitious goal. So think on a much smaller timescale. What's the next big thing I can do? How can I grow? How can I help people? How can I build something amazing? Yeah. And eventually, if you're doing that, the money is likely going to come anyway. Yeah, like the larger time spans aren't predictable, so don't try to predict them. Yeah. You, but you could be doing something right now. The short term is the only time you do anything. Yep. Yeah, and I can, I can tell you, you know, it's been two or three years since I set that goal, and... My life has changed so much since then. Like that goal is at least the numbers in it 
are no longer feasible. Because, you know, I wouldn't want to live at the level of money that I set the goal for. So it's either, okay, I can just bump that number up or I can just not worry about it. Yeah. You know, and I, maybe that's just my personal opinion, but I guess I just don't care about being able to retire at a certain age. Well, I mean, I guess planning ahead for something like that could be important if the if it actually meant something, but that's a rather arbitrary thing you set yeah. up. You just decided this. It wasn't yeah. like nobody else is forcing it. It doesn't really affect anything else. It's just an arbitrary yeah. goal to make you feel bad or good about. Right. And I guess like, you know, from my van- from the vantage point of a 24-year-old kid, what does 40 mean and how is that any different than 65? It's still 16 years in the future. Like, okay, you know, maybe it would be cool to imagine being 40, being healthy and somewhat young still and having enough money to do whatever I want, but it really doesn't affect me at 24. And this isn't to say that it isn't useful to have long-term plans. Obviously you should be planning for retirement. You should have a savings plan in effect, but I just, I, I no longer feel like the whole fire financial independent whatever goal of being independent at 40 is is necessary for me yeah I, I, it's cool to fantasize and plan about the future you just shouldn't be rigidly stuck to it yeah you gotta you know stick and move stick, stick and move <laughs> exactly you gotta be flexible all right so um the last few things on the list here let's talk about how to deal with setbacks because every time you plan something life punches you in the face it does punch and you in as, the face, uh, doesn't it? Mike Tyson once said, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. So what do you do when you have this goal and it requires consistent effort and then one day we you get a spam, spam phone calls. call, which apparently, actually, that's really weird. My, phone is, on, come my phone is on do not disturb uh, and the phone of, call came through. Okay, anyway. so all of your, in particular, Apple products are broken. Your do not disturb, Dear, your iMessages, it's only your stuff. Mine's all perfect. Yours is broken. Dear Tim Cook, Fixed you broke stuff. You broke my iPhone. That's weird. I don't, broke I don't know it. how to explain that. But well, I'm yes. really confused because it is on Do Not Disturb. Did this number... Oh, the number called me three times, apparently. Oh, oh do you have that enabled? I think I only have a certain amount. Um, I thought I had con- it enabled where only contacts could call me Why twice and Why are they trying so hard? Go away. They really want to sell me a timeshare. Then they should leave you a something. voicemail and go away. I don't know, man. Anyway. Yeah, regardless of spam phone calls. What do you do when you get a setback? Well, that's pretty easy uh, for me to say right now because I have a setback. Okay. The last, so I've done more in the last like what a month and like a half Mm -hmm. than I have in years for my personal goals. But for the last like week and a half of that, I've actually been having problems keeping up with all of it because my sleeping schedule has been really messed up. Yeah. I haven't been waking up early enough. Uh, I woke up the other night at 2 in the morning suddenly feeling like I might have a sinus infection. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. And because of all these things, I've got a lot of unchecked checkboxes, and that disappoints me. Yeah. And it makes me feel bad. And the way I'm going to fix it is that I'm going to sit down tonight, reconsider what I can do to fix this. Do I need Do I need to maybe alter the amount of time that I've got in here to be more realistic to how whatever's what's going on with my sleep schedule? Why? Am I having a setback? What's causing it? Yeah. What can I do to fix it? Is there nothing I can do to fix it? If so, then I should alter the goal to be realistic. And if I can fix it, then I should. It's mm-hmm. like, basically, yes, I have not been as consistent the last week, and it makes me feel bad, but it, be, it would be really easy to just say, well, fine then, it was pointless to try. Throw yeah. all the goals to the wind, stop caring at all. Mm-hmm. But that's not, 
I did more in the last month and a half than I have for years. Yeah. Giving up the goals I'm working on would be a dumb reaction to a temporary setback. Yep. I just need to refresh, start anew, and then do good from then until the, you know, the next thing sets back at some point. There will be yep. another one. There's always going to be another one. I don't think there's ever going to be a point where I'm like, finally, I've solved every life problem forever, and I can just... <laughs> I can just relax now because from now on, everything's going to go just as I wanted. I think humans are wired to always find problems. Yeah. Like otherwise, if it was perfect, would, we would find a problem. Why right? would people living in like the perfect suburban neighborhood be like, oh, my neighbor's lawn is one inch too long? They want something I'm to so be angry. Ma- people want problems either to yep. be mad about or to solve, depending on your personality type, maybe. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I really want to be angry. I am happy when I'm angry. Yeah, but <laughs> but like after a setback, I mean, you just got to be honest with yourself about what caused it, what you can do about it, and and then try again because yeah. you will fail a goal that you set again in the future. Yep. And you're not a failure forever. Everyone's going to do it. Failure is good. Everyone says, you know, the productivity thing. Mm-hmm. Failure teaches you stuff. But it's really easy to just think, I'll, if I couldn't do it today, I'll never have the time to do it. Oh, yeah. no. When, when you're doing that, when you're trying to fix it, it can be useful also to look back and remind yourself of the things you haven't failed at. Yeah. Because it's really easy to let the failure kind of consume you. And you're just thinking, I'm oh, man, I'm just, I'm horrible at time management now. I used to be so much better. What's going on? But yeah. you probably did something cool recently as well. Yeah. I can, lo- I can now look at my project thing and be like, wait, no, no, it was working. Look mm-hmm. at all this stuff you did. There's some variable that's changed. Yeah. And every time I mess it up in momentum or, you know, a piece of paper or literally anything, I can keep notes. So when there's a box that's unchecked and I'm like, oh, no, I couldn't do this today, I leave a little note that's like, so it turns out I pushed something off until the morning. That was dumb. And and I look through them. And, oh, that one says my sleeping schedule is broken. That's interesting. Oh, the next one also mentions sleep. So I know that for me, probably the primary cause here is that I am underestimating how much sleep I need and overestimating how much time I have in the morning consistently. So I need to find a balance there. I've kept a note about why I failed so that I can fix it. Yeah. Otherwise I'm just going to be like, I don't know. I feel like I I have no idea what's going wrong. Probably just having goals. I quit. Yeah. Actually that's the problem. Having goals. That was your mistake. I'm trying too hard. (laughs) Uh, So one last thing I want to talk about here, and this is sort of piggybacking on what you talked about with setbacks Sometimes you need to do a reset. So in addition to asking yourself, can I fix the setback right now? Can I get back on track? Or do I need to push the goal a little bit further into the future or modify it? Maybe you're doing too much right now. Yeah. Or maybe your organizational system is totally out of whack and you've got a zillion tasks that are overdue and you have a zillion files that haven't been cleaned up. Take a day to reset your system, evaluate what you're doing, maybe cut a few things Ask yourself if you're if you're respecting your health. One thing I've been realizing is, you know, I've been getting up early and going to the coffee shop to write every day, but I haven't been going to bed early enough for that. And I'm learning very quickly that uh, I'm not 19 anymore. My sleep is very important. Yeah. And I will be very unproductive if I don't sleep enough. So sometimes you need to do that reset and get yourself back to square one so you can move forward again. Yeah. So I think that about covers it, unless you have anything else you think is essential to add. That's pretty much it. Sweet. All right. Well, guys, show notes for this episode are at CIGpodcast.com slash 200, or you can find the link in the uh, YouTube description down below if you're watching this on YouTube. You can also find our favorite apps, tools, resources, 
all kinds of gear that can make your student life a better one over at collegeinvogeek.com slash resources. So check that out. We've got our book list there, all the essential books that we recommend. We have our college packing guide. We have all kinds of cool stuff over there. Also, and I'm going to call this out in like a little phone video before we or before this podcast starts when, in, when I'm editing, but people have been asking me for a Spotify study playlist and I finally made one. It's called Sunday Study. So if you're listening to this on your phone, you can just exit the podcast app and go to Spotify and search for Sunday Study or it's going to be in the show notes. Um, I've also put it at my main playlist page at collegeinfogeek.com slash playlist. So if you are a Spotify person, check that out. I'm adding new tracks every single Sunday and it's going to be a nice little compliment to the YouTube playlist. It's going to have a lot of different stuff from the YouTube playlist because there's much, there's many or much less amount of uh, video game soundtracks and anime soundtracks and stuff like that on Spotify. So it'll be a different variety. So if you're bored of my YouTube study playlist for some reason, I don't know why you would be, you can check out the Spotify one. Yeah. Anyway, if you want to support this show, a review and rating on Apple Podcasts is definitely appreciated. You could also share this with a friend. And uh, that is about it. So as always, until next week, thank you.